Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, is Rusty Mansell. Rusty, we are in the middle of Masters Week. How's this Friday treatment? Oh, man, it's Tiger Watch. Everybody's waiting on, I guess, around 150 for him to tee off. And, you know, I would imagine the productivity in the corporate world is really down this week. But after 3 o'clock today, I don't think there's going to be any meetings or anything going on other than watching this guy play, uh, you know, Friday afternoon in cool weather. But Jordan, we talked a little bit before we came on here. You know, it's it's amazing how one person kind of captivates the entire audience in a, in a at, at the top of the game for golf. And these other guys are the best in the world. I mean, they are literally the best in the world. And the only thing everybody talks about is Tiger Woods. And, uh, you know, that that's just the way it is. Yeah, see, we get the good excuse of this afternoon. There's a lot of Georgia guys in this tournament. Hey, man, I'm just watching for Kevin Kisner and Bubba, and, and you know, Tiger just happens to be out there. That just kind of is our luck, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you look at all the social media. I thought Georgia football, Georgia golf did a good job of saying, hey, you know, look, we've got these guys, and certainly that golf program at Georgia is, 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 is elite. And uh, Kevin Kisner and and, and uh, had a chance to meet Bubba Watson during during the season a little bit. We got to talk shoes. You know, he's kind of a he's a he's a shoe guy for sure. And I just happened to have on a, the one pair of Jordans I have on, so we got I got a chance to talk to Bubba Watson for a few minutes. And uh, but but you know those guys are uh, they're certainly capable and worthy of their own attention. And, and Kisner's playing good right now. I'd be interested to see what he does uh, today. See if he can make a move. Uh, but um, Certainly, those guys, huge Georgia Bulldog fans. I know Kevin Kisner and uh, Kirby Smart, really, really close. Spend a lot of time together when they can. Yeah, it's a really great time of year as far as the sports calendar, obviously with the Masters going on. But we're still in the middle, kind of getting closer and closer to the end of spring practice for Georgia. Uh, As we talk, we're eight days away from G-Day, and that'll be obviously a big day. But I want to start, Rusty, with last Saturday. It was kind of a big sort of a benchmark, a big milestone in this spring and the fact that Georgia had their first spring scrimmage. We got a chance to hear a little bit about how things looked, what sort of stood out. Let's kind of go back over that, Rusty. What sort of stood out from what you heard about the scrimmage? Some of the things that might kind of tell us what more to expect, even as we go into G-Day. Well, I kind of talk to different people that, you know, sometimes I talk to people that only get to go one time, and then sometimes I talk to people that get to go multiple times. But you know, it's been the common theme. People are talking about Eric Gilbert. And I think Eric Gilbert caught a pass last week, a short pass, kind of an out route, I believe, and just 
for lack of a better term, just flattened the DB, just stepped on him, ran over him, and then he takes it to the house for a touchdown. And, you know, that kind of drew a lot of praise and, and the people on the sideline, the players, you know, that got him hyped. But, you know, this is a guy that, that I've known. I've said it several times on this particular podcast. I've known him since the eighth grade. Um, you know, he's dealt with a lot of things off the field uh, in the last year and a half. But when Eric Gilbert is focused, when Eric Gilbert has the Eric Gilbert ability that I've known in a 6'5 frame, there's not many like him. I've never covered one in the state of Georgia like him. I mean, this is a big athletic dude, catches. He's got unbelievable natural hands, route running. And I tell you, Jordan, um, you know, if he has a good showing on TV next Saturday uh, for the whole country to see, it's going to be something that people are going to talk about. Uh, from May, June, and July. But I, I think the biggest thing that you come away is the quarterback play. And, and I'll say one quick thing with this to let you answer this. I thought it was kind of, uh, for the first time, you hear Kirby Smart kind of have Stetson Bennett's back, I thought, in a, in a press conference, you know, and talked about how well he's playing. He's playing some of his best football ever at Georgia. Because I can tell you this, that Carson Beck and Brock Mandergrill are playing well too. Those two guys are, are they're starting to take those next steps. So, you know, Gunnar Stockton is young right now, and he's just trying to learn the cadence and call to play and put somebody in motion. But, you know, the quarterback room right now at Georgia is, is pretty deep. We'll see how this thing plays out. Stetson Bendis, the guy. But, you know, I, I'm fairly confident that Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff have helped themselves this spring. So we'll see this next – we'll see this scrimmage tomorrow, and then we'll get to see G-Day next week to try to see what these guys are to get, to get a better sample of them. But – I think probably the quarterback room at Georgia, they're probably pretty happy where they are right now. Yeah, on Tuesday, Kirby sort of talked about really all three of those quarterbacks. And again, like we said, Gunner is a young guy still kind of just trying to learn, you know, what, what's going on. But, you know, he, he talks about Carson and, and Brock, how much growth they've showed. And, and, you know, he hit on the fact that, you know, Carson didn't really get to have a spring because of COVID. And then with Brock getting the chance to kind of learn from where he was this time last year, you know, in the same position that Gunner's in now, being fresh out of high school, just trying to learn the ropes. I mean, he said it was amazing. You know, Kirby said it's amazing how much growth both those guys have made. But it was a good point you made, Rusty, that he really kind of backed up Stetson. I mean, Stetson, when we talked to Kirby, I guess that's been a couple of weeks ago now, when he talked about Stetson, you know, he talked about, well, he's, He's got to do this, got to do that, you know, sort of some of the things that he needs to do to step up. Yep. And, and Kirby really talked about the fact that I challenge everybody, you know, you, you challenge everybody every day. And, you know, he, you know, Kirby didn't really care for how some people kind of took what he said about Stetson and, and kind of made it a little bit bigger than what it was. But he said, you know, Stetson's doing all the right things. And, and in that piece, I was really, you know, what really stood out to me about what Kirby said <laughs> is that he, you're not seeing what – this wasn't Kirby's words, but sort of what I would explain is like hero ball. That there, was, there aren't those moments where Stetson feels like, I got to make a play. Yeah. You know, I've got to force something. You know, Kirby said that that's not there, and that's something that, you know, I think Stetson would probably take a lot of pride in. When we talked to him the second week of spring, he really talked about that he felt like he could get better, you know, that there are improvements he could make. And I think that speaks to a veteran quarterback, a guy that realizes, especially with as much ball as he's played and as many different situations as he's seen, sometimes you just got to live for another down. You know, you don't have to force yourself into situations that, you know, lead to you going to the sideline trying to explain what the heck you saw on that play. 
Um, so like you said, I mean, I think that really stood out, the fact that uh, Kirby was there for Stetson and kind of explained, you know, that he's he's really showing out. And, and you know, I think that's consistent with what we had heard about that scrimmage that, you know, that Stetson got most of the one reps. And, you know, all three of those, um, you know, quarterbacks that have been here outside of, of Gunner, you know, the sort of the more veteran guys had their moments where they really showed out. So, you know, I think that's got to be a good situation. You got to be feeling good as far as uh, if you're a Georgia fan, just thinking about the quarterbacks in general, uh, that you got a veteran guy in Stetson, but you got two other guys right behind him uh, that are showing the strides you would want to see in people that have been in this program for a little while. Yeah, and quarterback depth and, and- Obviously, in this world of transfer portal and those types of things, and uh, you know, I, I I can never say, hey, this not this is not going to happen because you know, in reality, these guys move around some. But right now, I think this room is probably going to stay the same. Now there could be some movement after the season, um, but you know, you got to look at that and go. We've got guys that we believe in. We got some depth there. We got some guys that know the knowledge of our offense a little bit more. And so you would think Georgia. You know, they sit in those rooms with Coach Munkin and uh, all those guys and Kirby Smart probably thinking, man, we've got some really good quality depth right now. So we'll see if they can hold on to all that and see how this thing plays out. Because, I, I, you know, look, Jordan, we talk about this, you know, from time to time. This time last year, Stetson Bennett wouldn't even in, wouldn't even in the talk. Like if we'd have brought Stetson Bennett up on this podcast, we, we, the, the, the negative comments would have been through the roof. And this is the, you know, this guy, and basically again in August, they told him that you're not, you're, you're not kind of in our mix, man. You know, and, and the guy won the national championship. The guy was the MVP of the national championship game, by the way. So, you know, there's a long way to go with quarterback play. I mean, you never know how this thing's going to play out. You know, if somebody gets injured, how things work. If you get somebody gets an opportunity, I mean, certainly Jacob Eason probably never thought he, you know, a twisted ankle would cost him, you know, his snaps at Georgia. So to have depth is invaluable in this league. And, and right now, Georgia's got it. Yeah, shout out a few of the other people that we were told really stood out in that Saturday scrimmage. Dom Blaylock, I think I talked about him a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big question mark in the receiver room coming off of those two knee injuries to the same knee. I mean, from everything we've been here, and he's looked good. I think he had a touchdown catch in the uh, Saturday scrimmage. So that's got a two. I get two. I think two catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, we keep hearing good things about him, and you feel like that that is a guy that could really step up and again, as Kirby told us a few weeks ago, a receiver room that's about as thin as he's had since he's been the head coach at Georgia. Uh, and then another guy, Kendall Milton, who, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at him and Kenny McIntosh as that sort of one, two duo at running back, you know, making plays scored, I think something like a 60 yard touchdown in that scrimmage. That yep. got, that's got to make you feel good uh, as far as the run game, having to replace Samir wide and James cook. You've seen, Bits and pieces with Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton together, uh, but but you know you know they're going to step up. They're going to have to step up in bigger roles, uh, and to see that in the spring is going to make you feel pretty good. Yeah, it's just their time. You know, when you're when you're at University of Georgia, it's pretty hard to play as a true freshman, um, especially at running back. So everybody kind of waits their turn, and uh, you you look at those things, and and um, you look at those things, and it's, it's Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh's time to kind of be the guys and it seems sounds like they're they're really taking that step forward well we talked about tied in a few minutes ago with eric gilbert but uh, i want to throw it to you rusty another guy that has stood out another young guy that has stood out is oscar dell you know yeah. a guy that got a lot of attention in the recruiting world uh you know had some of the big schools really after him decided to stay home and, and go to georgia 
And it sounds like from what we've seen so far, he's really making the most of his first spring. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I think people with Oscar Depp, again, I have people that go to practice once and I have people go to practice a lot that I talk to. And, you know, it's all that thing like, Hey man, Eric Gilbert's big. Oh man. Oscar Depp is big. You know, I'm like Oscar Depp was the number two rated tight end in the country. He's six foot five. He's 225 pounds. Uh, you know, he's got ball skills, can run routes, can block. You know, he, he is a physical kid. Um, he checked all the boxes for me after to get to know him, uh, two years at West Forsyth High School. So, uh, you know, his head was spinning as well, trying to learn the offense. But you're in week three of spring practice, and it sounds like, you know, and he wouldn't be getting these – let's be honest, if there wasn't for some injuries to Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, and Riley Goatee, he wouldn't be getting these invaluable reps right now. And it sounds like the things are starting to turn around for him. And, and, and uh, physically, he's there. It's a mental part of being able to line up in the offense, block the right guy, run the route, run – run the, the right route uh, and catch the ball when it's delivered to you. So I have no um, hesitation in saying I think Oscar Depp's going to be a really good player in Athens, and he might be a better player than people think a little bit early. So we'll see, uh, you know, how that plays out when Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington certainly anticipate both of those guys being back this summer, uh, barring anything else to be back. Rylan Goatee should be back. So that room's going to get pretty deep pretty quick again. Uh, and, and you throw in Eric Gilbert because Eric Gilbert's taking some, so he's going to take some minutes off somebody. I can promise you that if he continues at this pace. Uh, so we'll see how things unfold. But the, you know, Todd Hartley must sleep well at night, man, knowing what he's got in his room right now. Yeah, the rich keep getting richer with the Georgia being able to add another really talented tight end. And yeah, I mean, I mentioned it in my practice report. I guess that was last week watching Todd Hartley really work with Oscar on some of the footwork stuff. And I mean, it's just sort of the nature of being an early enrollee, you know, he's still learning what is expected. He's obviously, um, you know, you're kind of put through the thrown into the fire, especially like we said at tight end, those, there were so many reps available given the injury situation. Uh, but, you know, Oscar was really uh, well sought after for a reason. And, you know, we may be getting to see that early. And again, I mean, we talked about the tight end position really not with Oscar last week, I think, when we were talking about the talent and just trying to stop Georgia's tight ends. If you throw another guy in there, it's not going to get any easier for these opposing defenses. Now that 13 personnel is going to be real, real, real difficult to – to the, the problem that, that Georgia creates is the is the length of the guys they can bring on the table. And then you throw Brock Bauer. Poor little Brock's is 6'3", 230 pounds. I mean, he's kind of the tiny guy in the room. Uh, but, oh, by the way, he's the fastest by far. So, you know, explosive player. So you look at that 13 personnel, which you're going to see at some point. There's no question in my mind with Darnell and those guys. Uh, you know, you're going to see that a lot, and especially in the red zone, I think. So, you know, with the 13 personnel, if you go Eric Gilbert, Brock Bowers, and Darnell Washington, uh, you're, you're going to have your hands full. I'm getting a lot of questions here, not not avoid those about the portal. We'll get to those in just a minute, but we want to finish up where we are here subject-wise. and. Um, you know, we could talk all day about those tight ends at, at, at Georgia right now. Yeah, I think you could launch your own podcast just all about it because it's just so much to talk about. Sure. Uh, and we can get to the portal in a second. I did want to talk about just some of the things we've been hearing uh, from some of the players. We've had a chance to talk to some of Georgia's players the last few days. And, and again, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of spring, I want to start with Jalen Carter. You know, that's a guy that I think a lot of people had come into spring circling as the next really standout defensive lineman, a guy that, you know, when we're talking maybe this time next year might be talked about as a first-round pick and potentially a high first-round pick. 
okay. you know, getting a chance to talk to Jalen, uh, you know, he he recognized it. And he talked about that guys like Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt are telling him that that's what he can be, you know, that they're using that as motivation. And it was just really interesting to hear him talk about how much those guys have meant to him. I mean, he said, when I was being recruited, JD, you know, Jordan Davis was a guy that was always talking to me and telling me everything to expect from, you know, the expectations within the program, how Coach Scott on the defensive line coaches you. You know, I think he really took to heart uh, knowing what they expect of him. And, you know, the big thing that he talked about, and Kirby actually talked about it a few minutes before uh, Jalen came in and spoke to the media, was how big of a focus conditioning has been. You know, he wants to be a guy that can stay on the field, that can give Georgia two, three downs and, and really produce with, with uh, you know, better stability and, and more consistency, I think was the big thing that Kirby really harped on. Uh, but, you know, I felt like from what Jalen told us, he's really took that challenge in stride. He said, you know, that Kirby wants him to be the most conditioned guy on the team. And, you know, you just he talks about, you know, running after practice, trying to get in some more work and, and trying to make that possible. And I think that really speaks to a guy that understands not only the challenge ahead of him, but again, the opportunity. I mean, when you put a guy that, you know, was obviously a big time recruit himself and, you know, show him that it's it's potential, you know, that they, you have potential, it's possible that you could be a top pick. You know, it seems like from what he was saying and also what Kirby had to say as well, um, that he's recognized it, that he's putting in the work this spring. And, you know, even just watching him, what little we've gotten to see in practice. I mean, he, he looks as impressive as we've been here. And even going back, I know people were talking about him as a potential game changer during that playoff run. That you know, people are like, hey, you know, uh, Davis and Wyatt are really good. But that number 88, you got to account for him, too, man. Uh, it seems like from what we've been hearing that Jalen is really, you know, accepting the challenge and understanding what could be ahead of him. Yeah, and, and Jalen Carter is the number one pro prospect in Georgia right now. Uh, he'll be the he'll be the first player drafted next year, barring any type of setbacks. Uh, he is an elite defensive line prospect, strong. Uh, you know, he checks all the boxes as a defensive line. He comes out this year. If he was eligible to come out, he'd be a first rounder this year. So, uh, you know, Jalen Carter. You know, he doesn't have to look too far to, to look at a few future uh, former teammates that are about to get drafted and, and the money value of what those guys are about to earn being first-round draft picks. So this is a money year for Jalen Carter. You know, he can come out and, and do special things and be that guy. Uh, he's going to make a lot. This time next year, Jalen Carter is going to be about two weeks away from, from what I call life-changing money, and, and I fully expect him to have a big year in Athens. Yeah, and obviously we'll be all over it and seeing what he's able to do, but we're expecting some big things from number 88. Um, well, Rusty, let's talk a little bit. You know, like you said, someone had mentioned in the comments, transfer portal. What what should the expectations be? You know, we as far as what Georgia may decide to go look at, um, or what, what what do you feel like we can kind of keep an eye on or, or sort of the situation regarding the portal as we go forward and, and probably through G-Day? Well, it's getting crunch time, and here's what I mean. Uh, spring practice is going to end next week in Athens. I think they'll have practice Tuesday, and, and then next Thursday they'll have kind of a walkthrough, and then they'll have a spring game. Well, after the spring game, those players that are going to leave have between April 16th and May 1st to find another school. That's not just at Georgia. That's all over the country. Now, here's kind of the rule. If a kid leaves Georgia right now, he can't go to an SEC school. He's already missed the deadline, so he has to go somewhere else. 
there's going to be a flurry, and I mean a flurry nationwide of of uh, portal activity. This will be that last rush. Last year, you know, I think everybody understood it was June the first before all that stuff was done. Now it is uh, May the first. So I think when people realize, uh, I mean, let's just be honest. There's some people practicing at Georgia this week. This is the last week they'll ever practice at Georgia. Now. I don't know how many kids. You know, it might be it might be two, it might be three, it might be some reserve players, it might be some players that we're not aware of yet. Uh, but everybody's going to lose some players. I know Alabama lost a, a, a Jai Hall, and that was kind of a, from what I understand, a you know, a, a suspension type deal. Then they have uh, they lost a tight end yesterday as well. So when you look at all these things, uh, it's going to be some activity going on. And uh, I think right now, um, I think right now. Uh, the next question was about injuries. I think right now, I think that um, from what I understand, everybody that is not practicing this spring will be good to go in the fall, which is good news for for, for Georgia Tate, Rattledge, Ryan Davis, all those guys uh, should be good to go. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. You know, coming through a spring, obviously the reps are important, but the biggest thing is you want those guys to be available in the fall. And even in those summer workouts, a lot of those player-led uh, summer workouts you want those guys to be available and, and the portal it's hard to predict you know people always say well what do you think is going to happen you know it just all sort of depends on which players decide they're going to stick around which guys are going to go uh but you know we'll be watching it we this last question there from jordan harris i'm gonna interrupt you jordan yeah jordan harris uh georgia will not be adding any sec players no the sec deadline was on february the first jermaine burton made his move to alabama he beat the deadline to go there so uh, Georgia will not be adding players. Georgia will not be adding players from uh, any SEC school. And anybody that leaves Georgia will not be going to an SEC school. You have to sit out of here if you were to do that. Yeah, I know there was some questions about the Alabama receiver you were talking about. Some people wondering if he might wind up in Athens. But uh, if he did, he would have to sit out, as you said. Um, so, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back. We've got some more recruiting stuff to talk about, and also a lot of change in men's basketball. I'll be sure to, to kind of hit on that as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. One of the things that really stood out to me, Rusty, when we have gotten a chance to watch Georgia practice is there's a lot of people that are usually on the sidelines watching, and then you see a couple lanyards. You got some recruits that have been coming in and out, getting a chance to watch the Bulldogs and, and check out what could be their future homes. Uh, Rusty, just tell us about sort of what the lay of the land is right now this week, uh, just what uh, the sort of state of Georgia recruiting has looked like as we get closer and closer to the end of spring. Uh, I think yesterday kind of summed it up for me um, how Georgia kind of is recruiting wise. I mean, 
they had two five stars on prospect yesterday on campus, two five star prospects on campus yesterday. I, you know, I made a note in my ramblings, hey, a couple five stars in town. And, you know, people read that and they're like, okay, who are we signing? You know, and that's just the way that's, that's what Kirby Smart and his staff have established in, in Athens is, you know, um, they're going to have big time prospects there. You look at, um, you look at um, KJ Bolden. KJ Bolden is a 2024 player out of Buford High School. Uh, this young man is a six foot two wide receiver safety. You know, he's a 10, 700 meter guy. Uh, I mean, I, I think the world of KJ Bolden, I think he is a superstar in the 2024 class. I had a kid named DJ Lagway, a quarterback out of Texas, a five star prospect. So, um, you know, Jordan asks us again there about Andy Jean. Um, he's a wide receiver out of Miami, former Miami commit. He was on campus yesterday, 2023. And I'll tell you this. We talk a lot about it in, in, in on the junkyard about the wide receiver position. And, you know, the state of Georgia is down for 23 as far as a whole wide receiver. Now, the good news is the 24 class is really deep. So, Brian McClendon is not going to have to go too far, in my opinion, uh, to get out in that 2024 class. But right now they need receivers in 2023. They need game changers. And the state of Florida is incredibly deep. I mean, it is 10, 12, 13 players deep at wide receivers deep as i've ever seen a state I, from what i can remember uh, at wide receivers so brian mcclendon obviously recruited that state when he was at oregon obviously the three or four weeks he was at miami he knew the board he knew the kids started talking to them so there's a lot of depth in florida and you see georgia heavily heavily recruiting the state of florida uh at wide receivers so um you know i i think that with recruiting I can't go anywhere without the Arch Manning questions. And, you know, I keep getting questions. When's he coming back? When's he coming back? I don't know when he's coming back. Um, you know, he just took three visits that were two or three days apiece. So that tells you he did his due diligence at Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. Um, you know, my gut feeling is at some point in June, they're going to make a decision. And from what I was told, wherever they decide the school, they're going to come back and do an official visit at that school. So, um, you know, that, that's the latest on Arch Manning. And, you know, people want to say lean this way, lean that way. You know, I'm just really confident Georgia's in this thing till the end. And, you know, you don't want to finish second for a prospect like that. But uh, Georgia's is, is a legit. They're a serious contender. They're, they've been here so many. They've been, I think, four times in the last calendar year. They've stayed multiple times uh, in Athens. So, you know, Alabama, Texas, and Georgia sounds like that's going to be the three behind the scenes this thing is going to boil down to. So we'll see how that one ends up. We opened the podcast talking about Tiger Woods, and they used to have that Tiger tracker on Twitter. I kind of feel like they could have an arch tracker. I think that'd be pretty popular. They do a great job. Cooper and, and his family do a great job of kind of, you know, he, you know, you know he, he never talks. You never see Arch's words. You, re you rarely see Cooper's words. It's a lot goes through the high school coach. He just now got a Twitter, you know, what, what a week ago, that two weeks ago, that created a buzz. So, you know, they're doing a really good job of kind of keeping him out of that, that part of it. And, and his family, you know, obviously has been through this part of it uh, with, with, with their, uh, with Peyton and these guys. And that's a little different world now with so much media on the high school players and so much attention there. But, uh, you know, I, I think that that Arch Manning is he is probably 
one of the most um, paid attention, looked at, whatever you want to say, that that I've been around in a long time, and I have followed recruiting a lot longer than I than I've worked in it uh, for twelve years now. So uh, th- there's so many eyes on this decision, and um, I don't even. Somebody asked me today, how's he going to commit? I don't know how he's going to commit. They've been so low key. I don't know if he's just going to pop up one day on Twitter and say, "Hey, I'm committed to this school," and he's never going to do an interview. You know, he might not. So uh, we'll see how that thing, how that plays out with him. Oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be interesting, no matter how they do it. And I'm sure that Rusty, you'll keep us all informed as it gets closer and closer, uh, and we'll be following it obviously to see what winds up happening. Uh, before we wrap up this podcast, I think I'd be remiss not to bring up what's been going on with Georgia men's basketball. You know, a lot a lot of changes, a lot of people asking questions, obviously on the junkyard, really interested in what's going on. Since uh, Mike White took over officially uh, earlier uh, last month, I guess he was introduced on March 15th, you know, we were kind of waiting to see what would happen. And it was kind of slow early on. Last week you had uh, Dalen Original go into the portal, and you're like, all right, let's see. Well, since then, seven players have entered the portal this week. Uh, so they're up to eight players that are on the portal, in the portal uh, from last year's team. Seven of those guys were scholarship guys. A walk-on Jackson Edder makes it eight. Uh, a lot of people are really intrigued by what's going on. And, you know, the thing that I would really say, especially with the state of, of sports right now, with the transfer portal and the ability for guys to transfer uh, in and out, not have to sit that year like they used to, uh, I think it's it's kind of par for the course. You know, I think I haven't really seen anything from the way that Mike White has kind of gone about remaking this roster that if you're a Georgia fan that you should be concerned. I mean, you know, credit to all those guys and, and what they were able to bring to Georgia. But outside of Jackson Etter, who again was a walk-on, didn't have a scholarship, he obviously has a chance to see if he can get a scholarship somewhere else. Really the only true contributor from last year's team that was a six-win team was Cario Oquendo, and, and that's a guy that's in the portal. And, you know, I'll give a shout-out to the Athens Banner Herald who talked to his high school coach who said, you know, that Georgia's basically still in it, that, you know, just because he's in the portal, he's sort of weighing his options. It's possible uh, that Cario could wind up coming back. Those other guys really weren't contributors. You know, some of them were young and obviously could grow into roles on future teams. But uh, you're looking at a chance that I think could be a really good opportunity for Mike White. I think it's a chance for him to make this roster sort of how he sees fit. Obviously, he has coached in the SEC for a while now, uh, was at Florida and was an Ole Miss assistant before that. Yeah, this is a chance for him to have, I think as it stands, something like seven open scholarships. Uh, and he's already gone out and got a point guard from Longwood, uh, a guy that I think has some some real potential in Justin Hill. But now he's stepping into a situation where he's not really – inheriting the roster that Tom Crean put together. He's got a chance to sort of make this roster the way he thinks it needs to be to rebuild Georgia. Um, And, and, you know, you can kind of look at the numbers and go, whoa, you know, eight guys in the portal. I think that's just the nature of how things are. And I would look at it as a Georgia fan, as a real opportunity for Mike White to, to add talent and to try to get this team where it can contend, if not next year in the, in two or three years from now. You had to realize that this job was going to be a total makeover, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, when Mike White has played Georgia, he knows the roster. He knew what he was walking into. And 
Um, let's be honest, you know, the, what they had was not an SEC roster last year. They just couldn't compete. They had some flashes and had some, you know, win here and there. But you start looking at basketball. That Now, I will say this. The good thing is with a portal, you can turn a roster in a heartbeat, uh, especially if you get the right guys. So, uh, you know, it might not be – they might have to make some positive steps this year, but two years from now, you know, you don't know where this roster can be real, real quick. Whereas in football, you know, you lose a recruiting class, you lose your seven or eight, nine guys, it it, it takes two or three years to catch up minimum. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be something to follow. I think there's something like over a 1,000 players in the portal right now. So there's no lack of, of options and wow. no lack of uh, chances for – Mike White and this new staff to decide who is uh, best fit to come into Athens and try to get this thing in the right direction. So we'll be all over it. We've been all over it uh, this last week as it seems like I'll be writing a story and look up and be like, oh, someone else in the portal. I think they're down to four players from last year's team that's still on the roster. So it's going to be a total makeover. But, you know, after you go six and 26, it's kind of natural given the direction of what's to come. Uh, so, well, on that, Rusty, let's get out of here. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we've got, I know you you got your probably alarm set for Tiger to go tee off for this second round, but we'll all be following that. But got a lot of content coming. You know, got some more stories from these last few days, having a chance to talk uh, to some more of the Bulldogs players. Uh, we'll be all over the uh, scrimmage on Saturday, see what we can find out there, how Georgia's looking as they get ready for G-Day. And, uh, yeah, no lack of content as spring gets a little bit closer to closing out. Uh, But we're going to get out of here on that. For Rusty Mansell, I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And uh, until next time, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.